This is Scott Hustis from Compass, New York City, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Coming to you live and direct from Compass, New York City, HQ, 95th Avenue. Actually, this will be the official headquarters in the very new future. We are over 5,500 streams to date, over almost 80 episodes since we started this podcast. Uh, As you know, we're talking about the end of the year wrap up for real estate, as well as the 2023 predictions across various individuals in my life, top professionals of New Yorkers of New York City real estate. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, uh, the talk team and Danielle Stout. I'm here with my guest, Scott Houston. Scott is a longtime real estate broker in New York City, ranked consistently in the top 1% of New York City agents with a, say, a couple hundred million dollars in sales in the last month or a year. He has been in the industry for, for longer than I have. Now, we'll get to know Scott shortly. As a supplement, please make sure to, you, to give Scott and his team a follow on Instagram at Scott and Mark, no spaces, no periods, at Scott and Mark, and his personal Instagram account, at Scott Houston. But before we start the end of year discussions, let's chat about Scott's background first. By the way, Scott, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Awesome. To start off with, where are you from? Um, I was born in the Hudson Valley, upstate New York. So a little town called Fishkill, New York. Fishkill, beautiful place. Yeah. And what is your tie to Florida? Uh, Florida. Uh, that's where we spent some time there during COVID. Yeah. Um, I have my, my mom is, lives on the west coast of Florida, a little island off of Sarasota called Longboat Key, where we actually now have Compass offices. Uh, and then my wife's family's in Miami. So Very nice. We're, we're down there. A bunch. Yeah, so you're, you're, off, you're there often. Yeah. Classic New Yorkers. Second question. Why are the Hokies so bad this year? I think it's been a downward trend of... <laughs> New coaching and not yeah. getting rid of a coach soon enough. Yeah, it's, it's a brand new coaching program. But we're a there, basketball right? school now. Oh, that's right. Top 25. There you go. Okay. Well, <laughs> staying on football, though, will they ever win a national championship in your lifetime? Depends if uh, we can get some NIL money going. Mm. I think that's going to oh. change it. So, Well, it is going, though. It's already there. It's yeah. already here. But like for certain schools, I think that in the next 10 years, you're going to see some schools surprise us in college football where there's just a bunch of big donors. It's already happening in Miami. Sure. Where they're just paying the program an insane so amount of money. So much money. Yep. So much money. And the alumni is so wealthy yeah, there. Yeah. It's going to yeah. upset the whole way it's working. It's already doing that, but I definitely think it could happen yeah. by a smaller school. I guess when you're an aspiring professional athlete and you're choosing colleges, NIL money is now big. Like, it's a, it's a big factor, right? If I go to Alabama, I'm getting way more attention, yeah. way more NIO money than I would at Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, which, which is uh, yeah, it's an interesting trend. I actually just met. We played in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Did you I, go? I met one of the fathers, and there's a guy who is one of the uh, you know preseason ACC players of the year. He came back for his sixth year because he had COVID <laughs> eligibility, <laughs> and he's making six figures. From wow. all his NIDLs, and he's not going to go pro. So he got an extra year, uh, his third degree, and he's making like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Better it's than like, any entry-level job. Exactly. You can it was like there. a home run for him. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Always enjoyed following tech as a fellow Virginian. That's right. You know, you got guys like Kendall Fuller, Mike yeah. Vick, the D-Hall. The D-C. You, you, you got yeah, some, you got absolutely. some really uh, – Joey Sly, actually, your current, current kicker. He's a tech guy, too. Uh, Logan Thomas, yep. yeah, a lot of good players from Tech. Wishing them success, and hopefully they'll be on top of. Uh, I hope we can get back got, to that. You guys got you guys got in your division. You guys got UNC, you got Duke, yep. you, know, you got some schools there. So UVA, yep. obviously. Yep. Switching gears. Yep. How did you meet Mark? 
I met Mark through uh, a family connection in real estate. Oh. And um, basically, we got introduced in 2004 and uh, became business partners soon after. And we've been working together for now for 18 years. Who was a real estate agent first? Who was a real estate agent? That's right. Who got their license first? I worked in real estate first in Virginia. I worked for a developer. Mm. And then Mark was at the company first. Oh. Um, and then I joined him there a couple months later. So he was first here in New York, but I started earlier as in a developer in, in uh, Virginia. Got it. Uh, Scott and Mark are definitely the top tandems of uh, real estate agents in New York City. So it's hard to keep a, 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 a tandem going in real estate. It's always just one guy at the top and then... Yeah, yeah, we they, have a, we have a good balance. Uh, you know, we're best friends and business partners. And life, um, yeah. we found what each of us should be doing, mm-hmm. um, and then we we also have each other's back personally. So that's kind of nice. Okay. I, uh, I'm fortunate to have him. Very. Um, I hope he feels the same about me, <laughs> and I'm sure he does. But no, we're it, it's a it's a really good thing, and we we equally work as hard. So there's never an issue of like a lot of teams you always see, what happened? Why are they like, why are you not picking up the slide? Exactly. Yeah, people, that's right. You know, we never have, people don't complain about money. That's right. First time I met Scott and Mark was at the Union Square office when we were just uh, maybe 1500 square feet. <laughs> Urban Co- Compass. That's right. A couple agents, a dozen uh, engineers and a couple product people. Very modest beginnings, and there were two guys in power suits, always power walking. You guys were power walking from the <laughs> elevator to the conference room, and I'm like, who are these guys? And it was, you know, maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, 11, 30 at night, and uh, I just remember these two, two guys. I thought, well, why are consultants in the office? <laughs> <laughs> Rapid fire questions. Just give me uh, one answer real quickly. Give me one or the other, right? Here we go. One Manhattan Square or one Brooklyn Point? One Brooklyn Point. Okay. Yeah. Lantern House or the Cortland? Both. Congratulations. You have a closing there soon, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we sold a bunch of both. An amazing building, Cortland. Yeah. yeah. Cortland's oh. amenities are, are pretty spectacular. I mean, Danielle, do you think that, was that, is that one of your favorite buildings? Yeah. Cortland, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, that's hands down. That's Yeah, we have a, a really special unit, one of the top corner units coming up that we just should be closing. We're waiting on the city and the wow. tax lots, but uh, it's a really special building. Congrats. Project. Amazing. Yeah. So you said Cortland mm-hmm. over the lantern, okay? Yeah, uh, I like both of them. I know. I, I get it. Same developer too. Yeah, just different concepts. Yes. Fifteen Hudson or thirty-five Hudson. Thirty-five. Is that because of the hotel aspect of it, the Equinox exactly. aspect of it? Okay. Exactly. It's a little bit newer. Yeah, it's the second uh, one. I think just I think just having the, the Equinox just fun and you know the the brand there too. That the hit HBO show Succession was filmed in that building. Yep. Yeah, so really cool, uh, really cool apartments there. Yeah, here's a good one: Central Park Tower or Steinway Tower. I actually go Central Park Tower. Okay, I know. Normally, I just think Steinway is too narrow. Yeah, it's, it's a different it's, buyer. It's beautiful, but it's just too narrow. The floor plates. I wish they could have, you know, just made the lot a little bit wider. <laughs> um, and and Gary Barnett, you know, some of his big things. Um, they take a long time to sell, but I, I actually do believe those the full floors that they're starting to sell. Um, some of those, they're in like the 50, 60 range, are pretty spectacular. Very. Yeah. There was one that just closed for 50 million. Yep. It's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, they're asking 66 and they close at 50. But do you think the penthouse will get 200 to 50 million? They're asking 250. <clears throat> I don't think it should have a two in front of it, mm-hmm. but someone might get close to two. Someone, a friend of the podcast, said that his name is Sean McPeak. His company, I guess, uh, has the penthouse there, but uh, 
they said that you know if artwork sells for five hundred million dollars, there's four hundred million dollars. There's no reason why this can't sell for two fifty. I don't know if you compare that with artwork, but time will tell. What is your favorite project of yours in twenty twenty two? Favorite new project? Yeah. Um, it would definitely be uh, Flatiron 142, okay. our, our new listing development coming up. We've been waiting on it for years. It's a small boutique project Okay, uh, launching this month. Launching this month, yeah. so stay tuned. Yeah. Okay, great. So let's switch into our prediction podcast and also the end-of-the-year wrap-up podcast section of this okay. uh, episode. Give me the biggest winner of real estate in 2022. I think it's everybody, meaning like you can say the developers, whoever had the big pipeline yeah. from 21. Okay. For sure, because like it's not even like what do you do in twenty yeah. two. If you had good success in twenty two, it's because you were fortunate enough to carry that in to from twenty twenty one. That's right, and that's way the way transactions lag. I mean, uh, you know the, the Cortland, you know our our project, our, our buyer there, that was almost a year ago, and you know a lot of these uh, deals are just transforming from them. So it's really the carry from twenty one. That's right. Okay. It's all about timing, right? Yeah. You know, if you yeah. launched in 2008, that's a tough year. Yeah. Okay? If your project launched, but yeah. if your project if you, was launched, if you missed that 2006 year. to 2007, you were in trouble. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, biggest loser in real estate in 2022? Uh, it has to be this, in general, uh, commercial office space. Yeah. If you are not in finance, all, everyone, all the banks are back. Uh, all the services, law firms who support the banks, mostly they're back. Sure. All the other industries, they're still not back full-time. Now, people are back to the office a little bit more, but it's still, I mean, I don't know if you've been in Manhattan on a Thursday. Thursday's a Friday. It <laughs> is, that's the traffic day because people are working remotely, you know, Fridays and Mondays more now. So commercial office is down. Um, there's a lot of it. And it doesn't seem outside of the financial sectors and the groups that kind of like tailor to them mm-hmm. is, is really coming back full yet. Outside of, I guess, you said, well, you said Wall Street, finance, I think medical too, right? Medical, yeah. you really can't do, I mean, it's better to be in person yeah. with a doctor. Uh, medical, outside of the, the those three sectors, yeah, you're right. It, it is fairly desolate. And, you know, do you think that commercial landlords who, let's just say, want to refinance next year, for example, the, the landlord that in Twitter in San Francisco, they, they want to refinance, but they couldn't. In New York City, do you foresee commercial defaults happening more next year because their inability to refinance because the banks don't want to refi a vacant building. I think it'll also depend on where rates are. Yeah. If rates, you know, they've been coming down, you know, the past month, which is good. Mm-hmm. If they if they don't have to get too much higher and then for longer, I don't think it'll be a major thing here in New York. Um, you know, there's a lot of landlords that are just people that are still paying for these offices. You yeah. know, like Google still has sure. all their space and they're paying for it. Sure. And they're hoping their employees are back. So, but I think if that gets longer um, and then the rates push higher, it could be, you know, put some stress on some of the different landlords. Are you an in-office guy or remote guy? Uh, definitely in-office. Um, you know, it's nice to get a little bit more done from home. I used to pre- uh, before mm-hmm. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably back to the office about 70%, 80% from the pandemic. So I have a good blend. But I think you there's a lot lost if you don't come in. The conversation. For example? I bump into you. You tell me about a new building. That's I, right. I talk to somebody else. You hear color from other agents. There's so much that's missed. Um, I think that agents are, are are missing out about not being in the office. And um, you can tell that a lot of the people who are active doing the most either come to the office or they're just so active with their showings. So maybe they're not in the office, but they're really working and active seeing people. I think that could be equally as successful. Sure. Like... I don't know if you have a full day of showings and you're seeing people. It's, that's right. That's you can't really there. be in the office. Yeah, but that's 
that's good. But just working from your house. I've said this many times. The culture in the bullpen can't be recreated through a Zoom screen. No. Right? You've got to be. You got to be in the locker no. rooms. And also for people learning, you, you there's only so much you can learn from shared emails and and phone calls. Like that's right. You know, it's it's sitting there and doing your work and hearing. You know, when your fellow colleagues on the calls, mm-hmm. listening to those calls, being a part of it, being able to ask those questions. So I think uh, for the younger agents in terms of years of experience they're, they're definitely missing out by not being here yes yeah, the younger generations definitely mm-hmm. hit hard not just in real estate right think about you're a harvard grad brown grad whatever and you have a high-paying job in new york city it's your first year second year you're not trying to work from your mom's living room yeah right you want to network you yeah. want to shake it up yeah that, you want to meet mds whatever it is you can't just there's do, you can't so really, many you can't do that through so many companies are saying that yeah so many executives in the banks are saying you know that's what's missing out. The the analysts need to be there. They need to. They have to be around. Yeah. Right. They have to. I totally agree. All right. Switching gears away from real estate. Who are the biggest binner, uh, winners in business in general this year? Uh, in general. Yes. I think it's companies like Citadel. I mean. Yeah. A. They're always winning. They they're up. They're up big. They're over over the, the finish the year like over thirty percent. Mm-hmm. And B. They moved to Florida. So like <laughs> they're not paying Illinois or New York City taxes, yeah. and they're up huge. I mean, I, th- I saw they just like rented out Disney World for the day for all their employees. Yeah, yeah. Like so, like I think you know, it's a couple companies like that that made big moves, are successfully doing well, and you know, they're, they're the business and the employees are all killing it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Florida, I guess, is a winner too as a business during the pandemic, right? Florida, uh-huh. the Florida si- for sure. Austin, places, you know, cities that are everyone, everyone's expecting Texas and Florida. To, to slow down like now the pandemic and quote is over and it's they're they're still going strong and they're still having you know people from lots of different states relocate to both those states they're still going strong how about in the loser of business in 2022 not named SBF or FTX uh, I, I would just say yeah not named them uh, I, I would just say actually <laughs> everyone in the S&P besides <laughs> energy you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and also uh, missiles. Yeah. Defense. Yeah. Defense yeah. And energy and defense. Yeah. And, you know, oil. Oil. Oil, oil, yeah. oil still wins. Oil's king. And, um, you know, yeah. not just the FTX or the, the SAMs of the world, but all the people that really were investing in, in crypto last year and... And this year. Yeah. yeah just let's look at ETF and, and Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean... It's rough. Yeah. Do you have any Bitcoin? I do. Okay. I don't know where they are. And another friend of the pod, shout out Howard Spiegelman. I actually uh, made him buy. With, I was with Mark actually. I, I I made him buy Ethereum through Venmo. Okay. Got two or three years ago, only like twenty bucks worth. Yeah, and it went up big time. And I was like, look, Howard made you rich. <laughs> uh, take that back, Howard. Sorry. Um, all right. So sell, yeah, we're crypto. Sell. Yeah, crypto is definitely uh, a big hit. Now, are you going to sell? Are you a seller of crypto or no? Uh, no. Um, you know, it's not a huge asset of mine sure. I, I, I mean if you ask me to explain all of crypto I still can't and I've tried to learn a lot of it um, I do completely believe blockchain should and will take over a lot of industries um, there should be blockchain for title um, 100% I remember Jonathan Rosen one of our, our number Good one friends, friend Texas. of the pods shout out John yeah he, he called it years ago of that just for title because in the state of texas agents have to be a lot more into title than we do mm. um, they run everything through title in that oh. state compared to us through attorneys mm. um and he he said it then and it, he's absolutely right um and just other things like 
I don't know, are you a Taylor Swift fan? The people mm. trying to get concert no. tickets? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I've heard the any, like, yeah, yeah, like tickets for concerts. Like, it, they should have blockchain. They should, it should be, in today's date, they should be a very easy process to sell out 80,000, you know, right. seat stadiums for concerts. But it's a, it's a disaster. Right, no, agreed. Yeah, so I, I, I do I believe in that stuff. The technology is there. It just needs yeah. to be refined a little yeah. bit. And then we have to get the grifters out, right? The pump and dumps, the grifters, the yeah, people that want to get also, quick rich. And also look back to like 99, I mean, Google wasn't you know wasn't the big thing like the tech the tech bubble and there's mm-hmm. a lot of this that dot com that that all went left and then you know we had certain internet companies do really well that's so right I think it'll have to shift out that's right the bubble burst and the real players come out and the fake ones leave biggest real estate surprise for you in 2022 um, so we never knew when the slowdown would happen yeah um, it was just for me it was a little surprising how quick it did. So like when we, when New York city, we were lagging the rest of the country, like during COVID everyone else started taking off and we were like six months behind before we got busy here. In the That's city. right. So we, just because so many people weren't here. We're looking around like, wait, our colleagues in Dallas and Killing San Francisco yeah. and LA are just crushed. Miami yeah. crushing we're, it. it we're, like, we're, we're, where so are we we were, So <laughs> it, we caught up later Yeah. and then it just turned off pretty fast. Um, early, early yep. this year, yep. you know, and yes. things were still happening, but in general, you could definitely feel it. And then if anyone like us, like Mark and I, we, we really like to follow the numbers and you could just completely see it in the weekly reports. That's right. I mean, the, the, the number of transactions really went down and then, you know, a good indicator is always talking to, uh, other attorneys that are busy, like the real sure. estate attorneys, because yep. they see all the flow of deals before they're posted. That's right. And you can just see how much they're down. That's right. So it, the, the, fa- the pace of how quick it, it turned off was, was surprising. Yeah, it was like a spout. For, for you, in the business sector, not just in real estate, did you have any other surprises? In the business? Yeah. I can't believe Elon Musk bought Twitter. Yeah, pretty wild, huh? Um, I don't own any Tesla stock. I you know, wish I would have bought years ago. Yeah. But like... It's, it's down now. It's down sixty percent. Yeah. Like so, it's got to be for people, you know, in that space. Like you know, I saw on CNBC today that there's, you know, a big shareholder was just getting on the news saying, on CNBC saying like Tesla doesn't have a CEO. Oh. I mean, the guy is amazing. I think Elon <laughs> Musk is a genius, and he's done so many amazing things. It's just it's hard to run, you know, three different companies. He has that's SpaceX right. and that. So, uh, I I am surprised he he did it. I think in some ways it's pretty cool. And then hopefully there can be mediums like Twitter that aren't, you know, pushing down stories. Like whether, forget if you're Republican or Democrat, it should just, it should be fair. Mm-hmm. Like one way or another. Right. So I think that would be good about it. Are um, you a proponent proponent of Twitter being a 100% free speech platform? You could just say anything you want. And obviously there are some controversial figures that were reinstated, including Trump and, uh, you know, several other hard left hard right figures that uh you know got in, back on the platform in general yes yeah. i the only thing i would say is like certain things for safety yeah like if something is just not safe for the, the world you're a terrorist or you're yeah, a mass shooter or exactly something along like those that. lines i just think safe there should what be. about fake accounts versus real accounts um parody accounts versus you know meme accounts do you have any stance on that personally? yeah i think that as a company you'd want to try to get rid of as many fake accounts as possible sure. like you you want your content to be real and you want everyone to look at something and being like, oh, is that talk or is this somebody else? Right. Is it a Russian yeah. spam bot trying to influence, exactly. a, uh, influence a vote exactly. over a Republican or a Democrat? Okay. Yeah. In 2022, what did you see as the best trend in real estate? Uh, for sure, the fact that we took 
a lot of the the COVID rules in, in especially in residential real estate, and they're now the new norm. Oh, I like this. Okay. So, because like you know, we weren't sure what was going to happen with real estate transactions and and showings, and it it's really like a, a total new norm now for people like hey there are clients at work let me just facetime yeah. them this yeah. listing <laughs> you know it's great it's and like then, normal how much of the transaction is now paperless and you know co-op mo- meetings are still having over zoom rather than people coming in oh what the best and i think one of the best ones is how much time everyone gets from not having to go to closings like it's enjoyable for a first-time buyer to go to a uh the closing but it's also time consuming for everybody else and especially if there's a bank involved huh yeah i've we've been to i've been to one closing since covid yeah just, personally yeah, okay yeah, yeah. yeah. and no, like it's, there's just so much time but I, I think that that we've taken some things that we learned um, as an industry and some people are doing a better job some people push more of that but i think the time savings and the efficiencies um, and the you know paperless has been great and now it's just like oh this so we're going to look back on this be like oh yeah that's when it all changed 2020 right yeah there's and a lot like, of inefficiencies in the market prior to covid that were ironed out and made our lives a lot easier shout out to a friend of our podcast natalie head and she actually said the same answer last year as one of the best trends was co-op interviews being held over zoom so that the buyers ah, didn't absolutely. have to fly out from jackson hole with her dog to get interviewed just for the interview and then to fly back especially during covid i mean it doesn't make any sense yeah. so i highly agree we also forced a lot of managing agents to accept docusign signatures remember back yeah. in the day we do docusign's messenger awesome. original <laughs> signatures docusign's awesome remember that yeah, yeah i mean it i mean it was madness like who wants a messenger original signatures back yeah. and forth between three parties it yeah. makes no sense i don't miss the COVID forms for showing though oh yeah that's good that, that's that i'm glad we, that's true i mean that was yeah, with that the docusign was, COVID forms yeah oh, man. Getting those or just to walk into the office we have to sign a COVID form yes I'm, I'm happy. For We're that. done with that. Yes. Okay, yes. great. Worst trend in your opinion in real estate in 2022? Um, I'm sure this is the popular one, um, but I, <laughs> we can and dig down into it. But it, it's just the unknown of interest rates. Right. So interest rates going up you know, is very tough on buyers. It's really tough on sellers, too, because their expectations of what they want for their home, you know, it's harder that to get met. But I think the biggest, the biggest unknown is where buyers are looking at this like whoa it was three four five six seven and there it's you know but we're still not stopping nope. um there has been a trend recently that mortgages are up i think like they were you know we're down 38 percent from this week last year but up, up like four percent or five percent from this year so um it's coming back and i think that's reflective because rates have kind of ticked down like a whole point in the last yeah. month yeah um and i've seen i've seen the market actually pick up um in this last month, we have had a couple listings where they were really slow, and now we have multiple offers, and it's almost. Is it that the nineteen million dollar one that you have? It's south of two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, there's a price point for everybody yeah. here, so. Yeah. Pick up though. Yeah, I agree. I think everybody's everybody's going to be feeling the interest rates for the time being, and it's a domino effect, right? So if the banks can't lend because of the high rates, because of the lack of borrowers, they don't make money. Yep. And then the buyers. They can't buy, then they lose money paying high rents, right? They, it's a no-win situation. It's a right? no-win situation. So, and tag on to that, what do you think about co-ops? I mean, 70% of housing market that you can purchase in New York City are co-op properties, and they require a, you know, a lot of readers, a lot of listeners know this, but they require board approval. They require some buyers to meet a certain debt-to-income price threshold, you know, Co-ops obviously are very slow to react to board approval yep, yep. Uh, regulations yep. and debt-to-income ratios and their pricing that everybody thinks their building is king. Yes. 
Do you think co-ops are going to be in for hurting in 2023? Uh, I think they already really are. Yeah. And especially the bigger sales. Uh, we we have some a, a lot of clients in that 10 to 20 million range for like uptown co-ops. Sure. You know, wanting to be near the big schools and uptown yeah. private schools yeah. and things like that. So we're talking, you know, the nice big famous buildings on Park and Fifth and Madison Avenues. And we were just looking at it and like north of 10 million. There's only been a handful of sales in co-ops this year. For like the in the Upper East Side, yeah, or just the in Manhattan, just the, just the Upper East Side, just the Upper East Side. Yeah, there's yeah. only been a handful, and there's you know if you look, there's like four or five sales, and there's like fifty on the market. Right, that's a long time to absorb, and there's a lot of buildings there that still have you know these archaic rules where they're maybe fifty percent down. Right, and you know it's actually a big difference now when interest rates have you know when people could get an arm for two and a half three, and now the arms and these are for you know fifteen million dollar buyers. That's right maybe five yeah you know four if you're you know if we did a little bit so that those are real numbers yeah and that's i think a big part where it's slowing so um i have seen some buildings starting to get creative and be more flexible changing their percent down i think the co-ops are going to need to adapt do you think the inventory will further increase because the boards again they all think their buildings are the best oh yeah and then the boards start rejecting prices because it's quote-unquote too low right it's been on the market for yeah, 200 days still too low do you think that's going to put a lot more pressure on other sellers with increased inventory next year? Yeah, I mean, we I've I've made offers in that ten to twenty million dollar range this week, and you know, agents saying like, "Oh, the board will never <laughs> pass this," and I, I asked them respectfully, like, "What are you going to do if you're never getting higher than this offer? Right. Are you just going to show it forever? The seller just never going to be able to sell it because the board unquote is not going to pass." And uh, no one really has a good answer. Collectively, all boards are at fault for this. If this becomes an issue in the in the future, oh yeah, I mean, there's it will have to break. Um, unless how long do you think it'll take for it to break on, on an aggregate in, in let's just say the Upper East Upper West Side? Two I, years of inventory. I think a couple years. Right? Yeah. yeah it's I slow. Think it's, it's it takes a little while. You're gonna have to see feel some pain, mm -hmm. and then there's just gonna have to be enough sellers that are like, hey, we. We've been working on this because some of those homes it takes three, four years to sell. Right, and already to begin with, people were looking at that. So it's going to take some sellers being like, you know, uncle, I, I give up. I, I have we've got to sell this. My family, you know, needs to move somewhere, and they really need it. And they have to get either a lot more creative with their buildings of like who they allow, what they what kind of financing. Um, it's going to be price. Right, and it's price. It's price. I think price right. is going to be the biggest one. Right, and the, if the board president lives above you, it's going to be yeah. tough. It's going to be tough to convince. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. We're going into next 2023. Who is the biggest winner in real estate? You know what I'm going to say. Go for it. Compass. Okay. Hey, hot topic. Let's so, uh, if you really just look at the brokerage industry, you know, I am a real estate junkie. Been you know tw almost 20 years total of experience. Eat, sleep, breathe. I I love real estate all over the country. Um, I have a lot of friends and colleagues at other companies. Most, a lot of people have come, you know, to Compass. And we, you know, as you know, we have friends all over the country at Compass. That's right. But I do understand what other companies are doing. And outside of a couple small companies doing some cool things with media and social media and videos and things like that, I don't see anyone in the industry spending money towards agents. Right. Okay. So g give me an example of what companies, what other companies are maybe spending money on agents for? Like, what are they doing? Well, I think companies are doing two things with their money. Their executives get paid and sure. they're servicing their debt. Mm -hmm. That's about it. I right. mean, they're, you know, the companies are not, they're not coming up with anything new. It's interesting when we laid off, you know, we got down to 
700 engineers like that we still have 699 more engineers than like every other real estate company <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. you know and that's kind of what how many engineers and we're not talking product. it help desk no we're not talking, we're talking about like an engineer and we actually had that developers. many right before the pandemic we right. just really scaled up sure so and and if you ask me about compass right now the only thing that's not good is the stock price yeah and you know you've been here for longer than i have you guys have seen coming from not having tools yet, not having great tools that work. I couldn't even list a sale of this thing. I, I, Where did I put in the taxes? They didn't know what a pitch book was when I started. That's right. So we, we have all these things. And it, I think where we are from a year ago, I'm really shocked and excited, but surprised on how far we've come in here. Like we're a really good company. And there's a lot of great tools for agents. I mean, just think every day I wake up and there's like suggestions for who I should call to sell. That's right. And it's really cool when I look at one and it's like, center oh, for the win. You know, this is my client, David. And David just called me two days ago because he actually is moving. And like, but this AI was telling me to do this. So That's like, right. we have some really cool stuff. Business center for the win. What do you, if you look at the top 100 list of real estate agents in New York City, you, it's surprising, right? I mean, you see this. Mm -hmm. You're in the top 100. You're in like the top five. A top, but you, you look at the aggregate, the top 100 brokers in New York City. Mm -hmm. There's maybe less than 20% Compass agents. What do you think is going on there? Like, why are they there and stuck there and or I guess, obligated to stay there? What do you think it is? Well, there's, there's two things. There's, there are some really successful men and women at other firms that, frankly, we didn't want and agents here asked okay. not to come on board. Understood. A couple for the way they, they conduct themselves, do business, and, and frankly treat the fellow men and women working in this right, industry. in our industry, sure. Um, and it's amazing okay. to see some of the other companies for years just let any behavior go by because someone was bringing in five, ten plus GCI. million of GCI. Yeah, okay. So they would let anything. Yeah. And I think the other part Valid. is there are, you know, if you're one of the big fish at one of these firms that's competing with Compass Losing People, you're probably one of the few people because, you know, ag agents can't be fed by the company for everybody. No. But there's definitely you know, a perks of the top few people become getting those listings or getting, you know, the buildings and new development, which is, you know, the carrot they dangle in front of people. So okay. there's definitely that, that they get locked in of just consistently being fed. That's right. Fair, fair enough. If you're being fed, don't bite the hand that feeds you. But also it doesn't really make you better as an individual. You know, it doesn't help you grow your own business. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. So final question, please predict the biggest loser in real estate in 2023. Um, I think we're going to see one of the major companies go out of business. Oh. Uh, I mean, it could be Redfin. They they have so much debt. I think they have, it's coming up in 17 months, though. Oh, interesting. So that will happen. That could go to 24. Mm -hmm. But I, I definitely think we're going to see one of the agencies go under or just have to be a bot. It's not an aggregator, but an agency. So we're not talking Zillow. We're not talking street Zillow's easy. not going anywhere. Right. They're, they're, they're too big. They're, We're talking too, maybe open door. Or, their CEO's too smart. Right. As much as I don't appreciate some of the things that Zillow does, you have to tip your hat to. Hey, they make seven bucks a day off us on our rental they, listings per listing, right? They, yeah, 25,000 listings. Yeah. You know, that's that's a million dollars a month. Yeah. Just, yeah, just on feeds. So UBS just covered, they had their analysts, they covered two, um, two companies in the real estate for next year. Okay. It was Zillow and so, Compass. They're oh. not covering anybody else. Mm. So they're going to say, these are the two who actually are important and the two to actually watch. You see a little bit of unwinding happening, which is, which is interesting. You brought, you brought up that point. The, the CEO of, 
was it Weikert, who is owned by Holmes. Which was Real Holmes. Street. Yep. It used to be Real yeah, Street. Real that's right, yeah. Holmes. They, he stepped down abruptly. Yeah. Seemed like uh, that's an interesting move. Um, so you're right. So other brokerages may be hurting, or they might be just get acquired. Is that what you said? Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's the debt. So they, so many of these companies have Too much hundreds of millions of dollars of debt. Right. And you know, in some cases, billions. Right. So they had all this debt, and they've just carried it for so long because the last 15 years, money's been free. So it's easy just to roll the debt. They would refinance. But now when this is coming, these loans are coming due and these <laughs> the rates are tripled, there's going to be some serious issues, yeah. especially if it's next year where volume, like, you know, there's the trends of what they're calling for the real estate to be down next year. Some people say it could be up 3%. Some people say it could be down by all the way to 25%. That's an insane range to predict and forecast for real estate companies. Yeah. But if, if we're down 15 to 20%, and then they need to refinance. Like, I definitely will see some acquisitions or someone go under. Yeah. Okay. Well, you heard it here. Thank you for so much for the hard-hitting answers. Please follow, again, Scott and his team on Instagram at Scott and Mark. Such a cool, you know, no one had the Scott and Mark before you guys. So there are no numbers, no periods. At Scott and Mark and his personal at Scott.Hustis. I'll put it in the show notes. Scott, thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Hard-hitting answers. With, with some hard-hitting questions. So much appreciated. And uh, I'll see you and hang out with you in uh, 2023. Absolutely. Wishing you all the best. Awesome. All Glad right. To be here. Thank you.